0: All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is. The fan in the van podcast time. Um, you know what? We're just really not even going to sugarcoat it here. We're just going to get right into this. The New York Yankees are playing like utter of garbage right now. You know, they can't hit. They can't score with runners in scoring position. They... They can't score runs for Garrett Cole when he's pitching lights out. So pretty much, they're doing exactly what the Mets do with Jacob DeGrom every time he's out there, pretty much. And it's like the the universe has made this like three sixty spin, and all of a sudden the Mets are like the best team in New York right now, and the Yankees are like the early nineties Mets that just suck and choke. And even watching the game, you know, earlier, it, it it's it's just ridiculous. Stanton swinging at balls like three, three feet out of the strike zone. Stanton, the same thing. Lemay, who's not the same Lemay he was. Glaber Torres is flinching at pitches, not even coming anywhere near him. And it, this bullpen is the only thing that's kind of really saving them right now. But they got to start. They got to start hitting more. They got to start, and not only they got to stop hitting for power and just hit for contact. Put the balls in play and 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 just see where they go. And again, you cannot. Put Aaron Hicks in the three hole. He's not a three hole hitter. I'll never get why Boone does this every single game, and that's the other issue. You can't keep juggling the lineup. You know, you you know, it's constantly a new lineup. that how these guys supposed to get comfortable batting in certain roles? That you know, that that's the other issue that that I have with the you know every single time I see the starting lineup, it's oh well. Now Rochelle is batting here, and Torres is here, and Sanchez is here, and Stanton's batting two, and Judge is batting three, and Hicks is leading off, and Lemayhew's batting sixth, or whatever it is. No, no, no. Leave the lineup the way it is. Okay? And the lineup should be as this. Are you ready? It's it's plain simple. It's pretty easy. Lemayhew number one. Judge, two. Stanton, three. Not... Aaron Hicks three, okay, Sanchez four, Glaber five, Hicks six, Urshela seven, and then whoever else you want to put at seven and eight. I don't give a shit, okay. That's what the lineup should be every single night. I understand, you know, you want to, you know, you want to switch it up with the righty, lefty, because the, you know, cause it's a pre- the predominantly righty lineup. I, I listen, I, I understand that, but what you gotta understand is. Aaron Hicks ain't producing in the three-hole. You see what happened when they gave Sanchez the day off, Glaber batted higher in the lineup, and they put and they put Hicks batting, I think, fifth or sixth. He was like three for four, okay? That's what you do. That's where you bat him. Not freaking up here. Not, not in the three-hole where he's not going to produce. You know, and, and it's the same issue with the Mets when they put Conforto in the three-hole. He's not a three-hole hitter. You bat him fifth or sixth. That's just what you got to do. And it, and it's amazing how, because I'm listening to, to Carton Roberts the other day, and somebody had come at, somebody called up and said, "When is somebody going to take you know hold Cashman accountable? When are they going to hold Aaron Boone accountable?" Okay, first off, Brian Cashman has addressed Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone has addressed the team. but let me address this, okay. Aaron Boone, okay, will get this right. Okay, For a guy who never had managerial experience to to lead this team to 100 win seasons and winning records in his first, what, three years as the, as the Yankee manager since he took over for Girardi? Okay, I get it's New York. I get we're Yankee fans. I get there's high expectations. I get this team's built to win. But you name me another GM out there that did a complete rebuild without dropping below five hundred. Can you name the GM who did it? Oh, it's the one that all you brain-dead, supposed knowledgeable Yankee fans want fired, and that's Brian Cashman. Has he made questionable moves in the past? You're damn right. But then, also too, what you have to think about is this. Don't call up a sports talk radio show or come to somebody who's very knowledgeable about the sport of baseball and tell that person that Brian Cashman depleted the farm system. Okay, here are some of the moves Cashman's made in five years. We traded Chapman to get Gleyber Torres. What happened five months later, idiots? Oh yeah, that's right. We re-signed Chapman. Oh my God. We didn't deplete the farm system in that move, did we? No. Did we deplete the farm system to get Gene Carlos Stanton? No. We didn't. Did we deplete it to get Clint Frazier? No, we didn't. Did we deplete it to get Garrett Cole? No, because he was a free agent. Did we deplete it to get Jamison Taillon? No, we didn't. Okay? you're you, Some of you are still living in the Steinbrenner era of Yankee baseball where we would have traded 16 top-level prospects to get Roger Clemens past his prime. Okay? That is the era you are all still living in. Come into this era and read a modern newspaper or a modern, or a modern sports article of Yankee baseball and you'll see the moves Cashman's made without depleting the farm system while replenishing the farm system. Okay? Go do that, then talk, and then take foot out of mouth when done with it. Okay? Um but yeah, everybody on the Yankee organization from 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 Hal Steinbrenner down. They all have to be held accountable. They could have been aggressive in free agency. But their thing now is they don't want to spend the way they used to spend. Because now it's not George's money. It's not Hank and Hal's money. Now it's Hal's money. And Hal's not going to spend it the way George spent it. So if you're a diehard like me, this is what you're going to have to get used to. A, 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 an abysmal start like always in which I'm tired of hearing Oh, well, in 97, we started at this, and then we finished here. Yeah, and you know what happened in 97? We lost in the ALCS. That's what happened, okay? You want to know what happened when we started 6-9 and nine in 05? We lost in the ALDS, okay? You want to know what happened in 17 when we started 6-9? and nine? Oh, yeah, we lost in the ALCS, okay? Eventually, all that needs to change, okay? I get... It's a hundred and sixty-two game season. And I get there's gonna be patches and you know, there's gonna be rough bumps in the road. We all get that. We all get it. But you gotta beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. So when you're playing the Blue Jays, and yeah, they're becoming an up-and-coming team with all that star power they had that they got in Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and and Gavin Biggio and, and Springer when he returns. Okay, yeah, I get that. But you're the New York friggin' Yankees. Look at what you have. Stanton, Judge, are supposed to be your best power hitters, and they can't even hit their way out of a wet paper bag right now. Okay, They can't. They can't. And Stanton or Judge will hit a home run in a meaningless spot. It's never going to be in the big moment. We need that guy who's going to do something in the big moment, like Donnie Baseball, like Reggie Jackson, like Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio. I, I mean, I could go on for for, for days of... of, of Hash Yankees who have managed to hit in a big spot where it meant something, whether it tied a game, won a game, took the lead, whatever it is. Whatever it is. And you, th- these guys aren't doing that. Okay? I don't know where this loss of a fight all of a sudden came into this Yankee organization, but they need to find that fight again. Or if I'm Boone, I need to start benching. Benching this guy and start playing a lot of the younger guys. That's what I would do here. Um, You know, you can't go out there and trot your ace out there every fifth day and put up no runs and expect him to win you a game by throwing 102 pitches, taking you to the eighth inning and striking out like 13 and walking one. And by the way, for those who said that Garrett Cole was a waste of money, Just so you know, okay, his walk-to-strikeout ratio right now is a 12-to-1, and I think he's got right now in the season like 39 strikeouts, so that's not a waste of money. So again, get knowledgeable about who's on your friggin' team when you root for them, and actually read stats. Not the stupid war, whip, or hoorah, whatever other friggin' sabermetric stat, okay? The main ones that matter, like his ERA, his walks, and strikeouts. Those are the ones that matter to me, and his ERA which is pretty low right now. It's not as low as DeGrom or even Marcus Stroman, who was lights out against the Rockies the other day. But, you know, it's you know, it, it's still significantly lower than a lot of the other Yankees on this team. And, you know, and they got to figure out what they're going to do with Herman. Herman either needs to be the Hermann. He wasn't spring training. Or they need to just put him in the bullpen and go and go bring up Devi Garcia and give him a shot at the fifth spot. They got to do something. And Louis Severino can't come back fast enough. And Luke Voigt needs to come back because putting Jay Bruce at first base was the biggest insurance liability on the field, and he was a great player for every other team he played for. Okay, he was great with Cincinnati. He was great. I, I think when he was with the Phillies for a bit, he played with the Mets for a bit, and he was fine there. But first base with the Yankees, no insurance liability. And then when they and then when they made the trade for O'Dor, the guy who laid the shit out of Batista, right? Okay, that was the writing on the wall that Jay Bruce wasn't getting playing time no more because DJ LeMahieu was now going to be the predominant first baseman as long as Ogdor is playing second base. okay. But now, finally, they call back up Mike Ford. And Mike Ford's going to be a decent bat in this lineup. But my issues with the Yankees go even further than just what's on the field and as the team. I'm sorry, but it's the umpiring as well. Check swings that are legit. Check swings being called for strikes. Balls that are called strikes. Strikes that are called balls. It, it, it's a modern problem throughout all Major League Baseball, and you can keep tinkering with all the different rules and and, and whatever else you're going to do. It's never going to fix the problem. It's never going to fix the problem. The umpiring is atrocious. We all know it. We've beaten it to death. So we're not going to beat it to death again. We're not going to do it. But what we are going to do was going to jump ship from MLB because as a Steeler fan, the greatest news you could have heard today. Okay. Mike Tomlin, three-year extension. And then I got to go on Twitter, and everyone's got to rip it apart. Everybody's got to rip it Why is he getting a three-year extension? And listen, I get it. Horrible wild card game last year. Disappointments in the playoffs. But you don't put that all on Mike Tomlin. See, again, this is where accountability goes across the board. Okay? Everybody just looks at Mike Tomlin and just looks at him as the scapegoat. But you also have to remember this. He coaches a whole team, okay? So you have to blame the offense, the defense. I'm not going to take... I'm not, I'm not going to single out certain players like these other supposed hardcore loyal Steeler fans claim that they are do. I'm not going to do that because I already know who should be held accountable. And it's everybody. It's everybody from Mike Tomlin down to thank God he's gone Randy Fickner, because he was part of the problem and... Ben Roethlisberger at times was a letdown, and so was Juju, and so was everybody else. Okay? We get it. But guess what's going to happen, though? How do you not offer a guy who's had 14 winning seasons that type of extension? You know what's funny? Is nobody in the older era when Cowher was the coach? Nobody ever shit on Bill Cowher for abysmal playoff performances and only wins one Super Bowl. Nobody shits on Bill Cowher for that. But for, but for some reason, Tomlin has to get the hate for that. And and I've never understood it. I don't know if I want to understand it. I really don't know if I want to deep dive into that. Because I might just have to blow my own friggin' head off after hearing all the reasons why he should be fired. As opposed to the reasons why he shouldn't be fired. And we we'll us just call it what it is. He's a player's coach. Nobody wants to play for another coach. And, this, and and what's funny is what you don't realize is that the Pittsburgh Steelers don't dump coaches after one bad year like the Browns do or the Jets do or the Lions do or, or every other crappy team in the NFL. Okay? All right? And then I'm reading and I'm scrolling through Twitter and then I see this interesting article by former Steeler wide receiver Mike Wallace. Normally, I wouldn't click on anything with him in it because of his, you know, the, the the way he left Pittsburgh as well. This is a guy who's come full circle, okay? And I'll explain why. Without going through the whole article, he pretty much—I'll simplify it for you—as he pretty much stated: once you leave Pittsburgh, if you were drafted by the Steelers and we're dominant in the Steeler system, you will not flourish anywhere else. Because Mike Wallace took the bigger money to go to Miami. And his career crapped out from there. Okay? Look at Le'Veon Bell. Look at Antonio Brown. And you can say, well, you know, Jim, Antonio has a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. That's all well and good. But he had to team up with the freaking Justice League in Tampa to fucking do it. Okay? Um... You know, look at, look at San Antonio Holmes when he left. He crapped out. Need I go on? Need I go on? And as much as we all love Juju Smith-Schuster, if Juju had left Pittsburgh and it went to, let's say, Kansas City or the Giants or, let's say, the Rams or wherever else, he's not going to be the same Juju he is in Pittsburgh. He's not going to be the same. Because history has shown us when you leave a system that you were dominant in and you've become the main focal point of that system, okay, you do not flourish anywhere else. You do not. Because the Steelers as an organization are just built different. They're just built different from other teams that you can sit there and go, and a guy like Mike Wallace... Who had all the talent in the world and was one of the fastest son bitches I've ever seen in life on the field goes to Miami and he becomes nothing. And it's so bad that he had to crawl his way to Baltimore. And, and I'm sitting there because once in a while I'll go on YouTube and I'll watch old Steeler games. So, and I'm watching one, you know, and with Mike Wallace and I go, and I'm just sitting there and I'm watching it. And I go, you know. If Mike Wallace never left Pittsburgh, and if Mike Wallace was with Antonio Brown and Bell and finished his career in Pittsburgh, and you could say, I'm out of my mind for this, Pittsburgh would have had two or three more Super Bowls. Just because of having a wide receiver like Mike Wallace alone, that how are you going to cover Wallace, Antonio Brown, and... And stop leaving on bell i'm just saying but um you know another stealer news Waiver, who i thought had re-signed apparently people like to just write things and maybe i should have uh, looked at the source before i actually read the freaking thing um apparently he's visiting baltimore you could have him baltimore you could have him have him take him take him because he's not going to help your offensive line at all because he's on the decline that you can have him. He's not going to help your offensive line and he's not going to help your run game. And, and 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 speaking of the run game, so I'm I'm scrolling through Twitter when I was at the gym earlier and I'm seeing how the Giants want to they want to trade down. So there's one interesting one where it actually involves the Steelers where they where the Giants trade down and they take our 55th pick, I believe it is. Why the Giants would trade that far down is beyond me, but then again, this is David Gentleman we're talking about. And if Jay was here, he'd be punching walls for what I'm about to say. Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. So, it has us getting their 11th pick while keeping the 24th pick. So, it has us taking pits. Which, if this happens, I'm fine with that. But at 11, 11, think about this. If you're going to make that trade... Aren't you getting Najee then? Because that's what I would do if I'm gonna if i to trade up from 24 to 11, if I'm gonna trade up from fifty-five to eleven, not lose the twenty-four pick, why wouldn't I take Najee at eleven? Why would I take Kyle Pitts? I get the tight end is another issue, but we already have Ebron. And I've already read reports where the Steelers said they'll probably won't draft a tight end. They'll sign a free agent tight end, meaning he still caught the ball, Jesse James. You're always welcome back home, bitch. Just putting it out there. Um and by the way, I think it's like day 3,855. He still caught the friggin' ball. Okay? Um, you know, you want to tinker with things in sports. How about tinker with this rule, NFL? Figure out what the hell a catch is before you worry about replay and everything else. Worry about that. Heck, just putting that out there. Um and then not to get not to get political, but before I came out here to, to pop on and, and do the podcast tonight, scrolling through Twitter, and the Raiders put this ridiculous tweet out. It's the Raider emblem in a black and, and y'all you know, the, the Raider helmet, black background that says I can breathe for twenty twenty one. Cause obviously we know today the whole George Floyd verdict came out and good, the son of a bitch is fucking guilty, and, but why would you put that out there? If I'm the Las Vegas Raiders, I gotta be kicking myself in the dick right now, I literally do, I, and and how, it's been up for an hour and a half, how does nobody in the Raider organization know that this that this is up here, and people are on Twitter like, um, what? Steve Weish puts up, like, all these, like, confused face emojis, and then you got everybody else like, yeah y'all motherfuckers is retarded because who the like i don't know know. but but then again you know what (laughs) The, the the raiders can never get anything right so who who really gives a shit um you know and then obviously on the basketball side of it now the inevitable has happened And now this is where, if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, you have to worry about Brooklyn's future as a playoff, well, as a dominant threat in the playoffs, because now not only is KD hurt again, but Harden has a setback with his hamstring rehab, so who knows when either one of these two is going to come back. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge retired because he had an irregular heartbeat, and you know what, the guy played 15 years in the league, you knew this was happening, this was going to be his last season, whether it came with a chip or didn't come with a chip, and you know, and, and as far as like the play-in tournaments for the NBA, because it's like whatever the last nine, I think eight, nine, ten or whatever it is, right? But think about this. If you're the Phoenix Suns or the Utah Jazz and you finish with the one or two seed, okay? Because the Lakers ain't doing shit without LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. I don't care that they got drumming. I'm watching them play the other night and they look like utter crap. That They desperately need both of them back. As much as I don't really like LeBron James because of the whole GOAT debate, but you can't take the man's talent on the court and the dominant threat and presence he is on the court. You can't take that away, along with Anthony Davis. Okay, You mean to tell me that a team like Utah and a team like Phoenix, who's finally relevant again, are going to have to play a healthy Laker team that's going to show up at a 7 or an 8 seed? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. But and, and and then like and then this is the other issue that 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 I take with the NBA. Right? And, and it's not as an organization, but it's within the game as you're watching it. Why? Why did they have to chuck up 1,955 freaking threes? You have a 24-second clock. They literally inbound the ball, rush it up there, and just chuck up a three from no man's land. I get Dame Lillard can knock it from 30-plus feet back. I get that Steph Curry can friggin' shoot it from his freaking laundry room and swish it. I, I Listen, I get that. But some of you guys like Dennis Schroeder and Iman Quickly of the Knicks and everybody else within the league, you're not Steph Curry. You're not Dame Lillard. You're not Donovan Mitchell. So fucking stop. Okay? I remember when I played basketball, we just weren't dribbling up the court and chucking threes everywhere. We actually ran plays. We actually ran plays. And and so get back to that. Because that's how you win games. You're not going to win by chucking up a three and hoping it goes in. In my opinion, that's not how you win in a game. Okay? That's not how you win in a game. But, you know... That's all I really got on the NBA part of it. But going back to the, to the NFL, it looks like, though, and my, I know my buddy Sal's going to be pissed when this happens, but it looks like the whole sign's a point that Justin Fields is going to be drafted by the 49ers. And It's not that he's not a talented quarterback. It's just that history has proven that anybody out of Ohio State that was a quarterback hasn't really panned out much. Case in point, Dwayne Haskins. Did it hasn't panned out yet. Um, who's the other? Cardell Jones. Didn't pan out in the NFL so much that he had to go to the XFL. And the XFL, actually, this is interesting Why I read with the X, I think the XFL and the CFL are going to combine for this season. Or they're going to have like an inner playoff system or, or something like that where they face off against each other. I don't know. But all I know is this, with The Rock owning it now, that's going to get very interesting. The sky's the limit of what the XFL may or may not become. Um, but, you know, as, as we approach the NFL draft, though, here's something you need, here's something you, you need to grasp. If you're a Jets fan, now that darno has gone, it's Zach Wilson. And if you want me to be honest with you, I take the quarterback who's played longer in college and who hasn't had the injuries. So if you're a Jet fan, I'm sorry. I'm saying you take Justin Fields there. Zach Wilson is not the answer. Okay? Zach Wilson's not the answer to your problems. Okay? Justin Fields isn't either because there's more issues that you have that you 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 need to fix. But I'm just saying for a kid who played one good season and was hurt the other season, that's not somebody that I'm... Putting the franchise on his back and saying, take us to the promised land. Justin Fields, on the other hand, is somebody that I would. Mac Jones, eh, it's kind of iffy with Mac Jones. And if I'm the and if I'm the 49ers with the third pick, I'm taking Pinay Sewell. Because how are you going to draft a quarterback and not be able to move Garoppolo on that contract? It's not going to happen unless you're going to buy him out. Or you're going to release him. I don't know. But that's something that the Niners have to figure out. And if I and the, like the, like the other day at work, somebody called me up and they're like, "Hey, you know, what if the Steelers traded up to the 15th pick with New England and we took the 24th pick and we got Najee with the 24th pick?" I'm like, I'm like, why would the Steelers trade up and not take Najee? Like, if you're gonna come to me with Draft day trade proposals. Be, be, think before you think of them. That's like me going up to somebody and saying, Oh, yeah, we're going to trade up with Jacksonville, you know, to get the number one pick, and we're going to take Najee with the number one pick. If we trade it up to get the number one pick, wouldn't you take Trevor Lawrence? If you're a Steeler fan and you're listening, you got to really. Kind of ponder that. You, you're taking Justin Fields there, right? Not Justin Fields. You're taking Tra- Trevor Lawrence. And then the Jets would take Fields and so on and so forth. I'm just saying. That's what I would do. Um, that's all pretty much I got for tonight. Um, for long day. Just, just mentally drained from a lot of things going on. But um, hopefully me and Jay will be back on this. Hopefully maybe tomorrow we'll bang a video out for you guys. And, uh, you know. Let's see what else happens. I'm going to go back and watch this abysmal Yankee game. I'm sure they're probably losing like 14 to nothing now, as Chad Green probably imploded, or Justin Wilson did, or God knows who else they put in the friggin' pitch now. So, to the next podcast video, which is on all streaming platforms, from Spotify to Apple to Anchor, Good Pods, Breaker, Google Podcast, videos on YouTube. Till then, stay safe, and as always, peace.